Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. I am meteorologist Dave Turley. And as always, I am joined by meteorologist Andrew Gordon. Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing well. You know, I think uh, we're kind of getting used to our new normal over here. So we're doing the podcast separately. So we're not in the same room, you know, whenever most of these we've been doing them together. So it might sound a little different to you guys the last couple have, but uh, we're social distancing just like everybody else is these days. Yeah. And uh, you talked about that, the new normal. We are getting used to everything of how we're, you know, doing our regular routines with the weather casts, promoting all the shows, getting all that done, doing our podcast. Right now I'm at my house. You're at your house. You're calling in. We're recording things right now. So trying to still make things work, trying to do everything you would normally do, but uh, in a different way. And it's something you, we have to learn on kind of on the fly um, as we continue to go through this uh, social distancing, thanks to this pandemic we're going through. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Dave, the, the weather does not take any steps back just because we're going through all this. We have still been dealing with severe weather. It's pretty much prime time for us here out in the low country in the coastal empire. Yeah, it certainly is. And unfortunately, we've had uh, quite a few events. Uh, it's been an active season for us, and we've had a lot of damage reports across the area as well. Of course, we all know what happened on April 13th, that Monday morning. It was a very active morning out there. And uh, in this uh, podcast right now, we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw in that day, in that morning, with that uh, severe weather event, and the potential for seeing some more possibly coming up, unfortunately, again for tomorrow. That's right. So Thursday, there's another chance for severe weather. Uh, you know, over in uh, the South Central Plains, they've got a tornado risk. Uh, that would be for Wednesday, recording this on the 22nd. So, you know, we've got similar risks again. As it stands, we've got that enhanced risk of severe weather, three out of five there in the convective outlook scale. So, you know, it's. I feel like we just have not caught a break with this. Some folks saying, you know, we just go through this, but that's just kind of the pattern with these loops tracking over us, the ingredients just in place for us to have these severe weather threats. You know, my, my last couple of springs here, it hasn't seemed this active. So this one, just because of the pattern that we've got up above us, looks like it's a little bit more active, but you can't rule out um, – any of these events, you got to take them all seriously. And that's, of course, what we're doing Thursday being a first alert weather day. And Dave, finally, you get to cover one of these because I feel like the last couple me and Cutter have been doing. I know you and Jamie worked long hours on last Sunday, but you you guys get to take the reins on this one. It looks like it's going to come through in the afternoon and the evening. Yeah, you know, that's the best timing of what it looks like right now. One thing that uh, I don't actually like when we were looking at this stuff, if like we know when the storms are going to come through, we can all gear up and get ready. But there's still some discrepancy in the timing of when this is all going to be happening. You know, the best timing still appears to be afternoon into the early evening. But, uh, you know, some models are suggesting this could linger a little bit into the late evening, early overnight into Friday morning time frame until that cold front moves through. So let's hope that doesn't yeah, happen. But uh, it's all it's, about possibilities, really. Yeah, you just kind of have to be on guard. I think it's, it's a good and a bad thing that so many people are at home. You hope that people haven't tuned us out with, you know, some people wanting a break from all the the COVID-19 coverage, we still got to pay attention to the weather. Um, and I think, you know, with, with kids being home, hopefully parents have gone over uh, severe weather safety plans. Uh, it looks like, you know, the most uh, probable solution would be that this is going to happen when most people are awake. You hate those overnight storms. So at least that's one thing going for us. 
but it's just it's it's an interesting uh, setup here because typically you have a little bit better agreement whenever you know we're just over 24 hours out of maybe storms moving into right, middle exactly. Georgia or so, and you, you know with our models that we typically are looking at, it might be varying by a few hours, but these are more so than that. So it, the thing that that we're going to look at here is whenever the data gets ingested later today from all the weather balloons that are being pushed up from the National Weather Service offices across the uh, the country, they're going to get into that mid and upper level. Uh, analysis of our air they're going to figure out where the low is how fast it's moving pressures up there and that's going to better time the models later tonight so when you guys are watching the news later tonight that's when the that data should be ingested in there and that timing should come in more agreement should that i mean it will but it should yeah most times as, as you mentioned as you get closer to the event uh models come into more of an agreement on what's going to be happening uh and again we are we are keeping our fingers crossed that they will do that so we can you know, give the people a better timing of when they should really prepare the main time that it could be very active. But as of right now, again, we were telling people, you got to make sure that you are prepared. You got your first alert weather app or no weather radio, a way to receive those alerts. If there are any, uh, which are issued from the national weather service coming up here tomorrow, because the threats just like the past couple events, unfortunately do involve more tornadoes, strong winds, which we've seen can take down trees, do some damage as it falls on your home, your car, power lines, taking down the power out there. And, uh, and more, unfortunately, heavy rain could be in here as well. We saw a lot of rain with those storms over the yeah, weekend. Most, over the weekend, a lot of people, storm totals got close to four inches. It was, it was a mess out there. Um, I guess if there's any good, good thing from this is that the hail chance with us Thursday is relatively low, closer to Southwest Georgia and points West, right. but the tornado threat, that's what, you know, gets people's attention. It's, it's when you start talking about tornadoes and the atmosphere is in, in a state or will be where it could support a stronger tornado or two. So it's not, it's not always the case when you get these fronts going through that you could get a stronger tornado. What that means is greater than EF2 strength. Of course, we just had one of those and we'll get to that here in a moment, but really it looks like the highlighted area would be anywhere from extreme, uh, see Eastern Mississippi up through most of Alabama into uh, Western into middle Georgia. And I do think that some of our Indian areas, you know, say Vidalia down to Hazelhurst, Alma, they're a little bit more favorable for having a tornado versus the coastal area. But, you know, we're, we're going to fine tune that. It's really just about being aware that the potential is there. Because if you have a plane, it doesn't matter how strong the tornado is because you got to think that you're going to put that plane in action. If there's a warning, if it's a EF0, if there's not a tornado, if it's just right or indicated or if it's strong, you got to treat them all the same way because you don't want and you don't want to uh, not take this seriously and, and it kind of sneak up on. You. So yeah, that's that's the, that's the last thing we want. Yeah. And, and we unfortunately did have a stronger tornado come through here uh, on the 13th. So uh, with that highlighted risk there. You know, somewhere in, in the region I just specified could have an EF3 or higher tornado. It doesn't mean the atmosphere will produce it, but it, it is there to support it. And that is not always the case. And early on that morning, 610 in the morning is the estimated start time for that Hampton County tornado. They've, we had an EF3. I know Cutter and I, we saw the debris ball signature go up there and we knew that tornado was lofting debris up into the sky over 10,000 feet high. Uh, some suggestions closer to 20. 
thousand feet high tree limbs could be roof shingles most likely just like branches leaves things that the radar is picking up on that can tell that it's not meteorological so the last first alert weather academy i did kind of talked about how radars work and one of the things that we have is correlation coefficient and we could tell we could use that tool live on air knowing that this is a tornado warning here and yes it is causing damage and unfortunately that happened and it injured 60 people um, five fatalities unfortunately on the ground for over 24 miles this guy at the at, the, at its width the greatest width was uh, you know three quarters of a, a mile wide so this was very rare dave i mean you've been here a lot longer than i have these don't happen that often no i can't remember i don't think we've ever had anything since i've been here i know we haven't had anything that lasted that long 24 miles and we get a lot of these uh tornadoes which are usually much weaker as you mentioned this was borderline ef4 uh tornado yeah, five, five more miles an hour it would have been classified EF4. Yeah, and so this was this was a very damaging tornado. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 24 miles. I think most of our tornadoes stay on here just a few miles, usually maybe one to six, seven miles or so. Uh, those are kind of the more the extent. And they're usually weaker. EF0, EF1 tornadoes, winds usually 100 miles per hour or less. Occasionally, you can get up to the stronger EF1s, which are a little over 100 miles per hour. But you're getting up to 160 plus mile per hour winds. That's a big tornado for our area. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and you know you hope that people were were paying attention to us alerting them, you know, ahead of time that the risks were there. Whoever they listen to for weather, at that point, you just hope that they're aware that the possibility is there. Because six in the morning, you know, maybe not everybody awake at that point, especially with everything going on. Maybe people not getting up at their normal that times. That is certainly true. So that's that's just a, a tough part of it, and that's why we uh, are, you know, we hit it so hard in the newscast on social media and the podcast everything about you know if there's a first alert weather day we can't tell you guys enough what the potential risks are because we just want you guys to have it in the back of your head and have that plan going because we're really just doing this to keep you guys safe we're not trying to you know overstate anything but it's 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 important and i think that looking back on this event it just re-solidifies that for us um that these first alert weather days they you know, they actually can serve a purpose out there. It's, it's, uh, oh, I mean, definitely it's, serves tornado, it's crazy. Yeah. I They're mean, crazy. it's basically just letting people know when we have a first alert weather day that of what the potential is. Now, it doesn't always have to be severe weather. In these past couple instances, it has been the threat for severe weather. Um, and unfortunately, we go back over to those storms uh, on the 17th on that Monday. I mean, that Hampton County one wasn't the only one. That storm actually, I believe it was the same storm which moved out of, out of Scriven County, which prompted, which produced a little EF1 tornado. Um, right. I think that was the same storm which moved into Hampton County. Uh, and that one in Scriven County was only about 2.83 miles, uh, 105 mile per hour winds at its max, and no fatalities or injuries. I and mean, that's more typical of what we tend to see. But again, yeah, it they... weakened, but then it intensified. And that's what moved it through parts of uh, Hampton. And then it re that same storm spawned actually a few more tornadoes as it moved out yeah. of our viewing area. It actually even had a tornado emergency uh, issued on it after it moved out of the WTOC viewing area. Cutter and I then turned our attention to a storm that was moving out of uh, south central Georgia and Coffee County that was moving toward the Baxley Alma area. And 
at that point, you know, our, our attention is on our viewers because, you know, different TV markets handle different things. But it was that same tornado we handed off your, uh, you know, coverage to sister station, you know, saying, hey, they're going to cover this. And we turned our attention to what was going on. And I didn't even know that tornado was there was a tornado emergency on there because we were just so laser focused on our immediate viewers. Exactly. But going back afterwards, Tyler and I were like, man, that thing really, it was on the ground for a while. So that was that was pretty crazy. And of course, the system we were looking at that uh, that cluster storms in South Central Georgia that came our way eventually made its way over toward Long County and Bryan County and, and Wayne County as well, all uh, sustaining damage. Yeah, they had that uh, uh, confirmed tornado in Odom doing some damage out in that area. A couple of injuries, I believe, with that one. And then that same storm, I believe it was, moved into Long County and uh, produced uh, a uh, tornado down in Long County. I believe that one was uh, much weaker as well. Yeah, that um, one only, as EF0 had right. 80 mile an hour max winds, uh, its maximum width was 100 yards, which is a football field. Right. But the path length was uh, only, I mean, not even four tenths of a mile. So it was a quick little guy down and up, no fatalities. Um, it, it was just east of Little Wissy. Uh, just a little bit of tree damage. That's about it. Damage to a couple of barn buildings um, and a mobile home. So obviously you never want property to get destroyed. But um, I mean, even on the ground for not even half a mile and it did damage. So these these uh, tornadoes can do damage if they're on the ground for 30 seconds or an hour. Yeah, that doesn't take much. And then the storm moved out and uh, moved over into... Um, the, uh, I think it was the coastal areas. Then that storm moved into uh, parts of Liberty and Bryan County as well. Getting yeah, sure a little did. bit stronger. I think it was an EF1 with uh, 100 mile per hour max winds. And that one was on the ground for almost nine miles with a maximum width of about 250 yards. Thankfully, no fatalities or injuries associated with that. I believe it was more over the marshy areas uh, yeah, as you got, get into that area. Got lucky with this one because it's, really formed east of 95. Now, if this was on the west side of 95, had to cross over, you would be dealing with, you know, obviously a tornado going over a highway, could Very flip busy over highway, yes. <laughs> or other vehicles, uh, you know, and um, or was that north of Ocala this week, saw that they had tornadoes and saw crazy video on, on social media and the news of tornadoes crossing the highway over there. Could have had a similar situation with that at night. No one would have been able to see it. Well, I guess it was, the sun would have been up by then. But um, it did go over a lesser populated area, still damaging a few homes, um, some roofs. Um, but, you know, for, for a tornado being on the ground for nearly nine miles, having a few bu buildings damaged, it's not, not terrible. I mean, you don't want any damage, but for nine miles and you have a few structures that – that's, you know, closer to a best case scenario whenever you have that. It's right. the same storm, though, that did have that um, tornado warning issued for Tybee Island. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting about this is, you know, once it gets offshore, we don't really cover it. But this storm really got its act together. And I bet you there was a water spot out there because that uh, the velocity just took off and it looked like there was a good water spout out there after it got offshore obviously not around any people um and no one should have been on the water boating but it's uh it's interesting you get over the water less friction, less friction. frequently yep. you got less winds get stronger you don't have that land interaction and and storms can really just take off you know many times when we see these storms 
push through if they're going from west to east right when they get offshore a mile or so the lightning just lights up the, the first alert radar and it's it's interesting it's kind of fun to watch that but we're kind of getting into the time of the year where the sea breeze showers are going to start pushing in uh more so than them going west east even though that's what we will be seeing with this front going through here on thursday but when the fronts you know start dying out before they make it all the way down to us we're going to be dealing more so with the sea breeze type of thunderstorms that's usually what we see once you get into the summertime it's like you mentioned those cold fronts in the summertime i wouldn't say never and it's never say never but i'd say 99 percent of the time don't make it down into our area so it's more sea breeze driven uh, or anything as far as uh, tropical when we get our chance for strong thunderstorms in the summertime, usually. Yeah, so, you know, hopefully with this this batch that's coming on through here uh, Thursday, we don't have too big of a deal with here. I know that um, I'll try to find some pictures to uh, share on social media, but we had some hailers over in uh, Oklahoma, Texas, my neck, neck of the woods, uh, over softball-sized hail uh, last night. Dave, that's crazy. I've seen windows blown out of cars. I mean, I'm actually doing a little bit of research here on uh, hail for my next First Alert Weather Academy. And get this, a two to four inch hailstone in diameter, just throwing some fun facts out there, can fall from the sky at anywhere from 44 to 72 miles an hour. That's insane. So not only do you have with that thing. Yeah, you, you just, you'd be having a bad day. <laughs> and for hail to be severe, it's got to be one inch in diameter. And at minimum, it's going to be falling at 25 miles an hour. So that doesn't sound fun either, no. up to 40. So it's just, we got, you know, a busy active time of the year. And it's interesting to watch as long as it's not happening to us. But we'll be here to cover it if it does. Yeah, we certainly are. Just remind everybody, if we do have any more tornado warnings, and you have that alert, and you want to know where's the safest place to be. Safest place to be in our area, because we don't have a basement. That would be preferable if you had that or a storm shelter. You want to be on the lowest level of your home, away from any windows, in an interior room, such as an interior closet, an interior bathroom, uh, something with as many walls in between you and the outside as possible, preferably without a window in there because you want to protect yourself uh, from flying debris if a tornado was uh, impacting your area. So a good idea to take maybe a helmet, some pillows, and a way to have that weather information like the First Alert Weather app so you can get that information when you're in that sheltered area. Yeah, all good advice, you know, and and it's interesting, uh, you know, not everybody lives in, you know, a single family home because I had to think of, you know, what am I going to do because I'm working from home covering severe weather lately and you know we had to decide you know i guess i'm gonna go off air (laughs) if there's a tornado warning here and uh, have to go to our apartment clubhouse because i'm you know not on the first floor of of the apartment so uh it's just important no matter where you guys are living to make sure that you do have that plan because i had uh, somebody message me this week saying hey i live on you know, the second floor, the third floor of an apartment, where do I need to go? And I was like, well, you need to see if your clubhouse is open or if you can get into there because, you know, ideally not being on a ground floor, you know, that's that's not your best case scenario there. Uh, unfortunately not. And there's a lot of people that are going to be in that same scenario. So uh, just a heads up, Andrew and I uh, want to make sure that you are all well prepared. And uh, hopefully this is going to be maybe one of our last severe weather events in this string of events, we have another front coming in much weaker over the weekend on Saturday, so we're not too concerned about that. And then a little quiet 
quieter as we move into next week. So hopefully this uh, pattern will be changing just a bit as far as all this severe weather in our area. I would love that. I think that, uh, you know, obviously weather's our passion, but uh, it would be nice to have a few calm days if we could. I think with, with everything else going on, you know, you can have a passion for weather, but there's so much other stress going on in the world right now with, the, you know, being locked up in your house forever, not being able to go out. Let's get, try to get some normalcy back and some quieter conditions so everyone can kind of breathe and relax just a bit. That would be what I would like to see. Oh, yeah. It sounds good to me, especially you on your weekend, not having to worry about storms. You can just kind of disconnect. I know it gets uh, it could, uh, it could be a lot every now and then to always in the back of your mind be like, oh, I got to worry about what this next round of storms is going to do. I'm sure everybody else is uh, thinking that as well. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. We hope you all stay safe and we'll see you next time.